Hope Church. We are so glad you guys are here today. My name is Wes, and um, I will be giving you guys the message today that I think God has for all of us in here today. Welcome to week three of At the Movies. You made it. We're eating popcorn and drinking soda in church. And so tell all your other friends that your church has popcorn and soda. I don't know. Just try that and see if it works. Um, Hey, we're glad you guys are here today. Um, I am um, just excited about what God's going to do in our lives and do in you guys today. And um, man, I've, I've, I'm coming off. I'm a little bit on a, um, on a, on a church, church high, if you will. I don't know if you can put the word church and high together. I just did, so there you go. I'm on a little bit of a church high. Last week, I was able to go to Philadelphia. I got on the airplane Monday morning, and I was able to go and preach at a youth camp with 400 middle school and high school students. And um, my friend said, hey, I'm going to have you come up and speak for us. He's going to listen to this podcast later and be mad at me. He's like, hey, I want you to come and speak to us. You'll speak, you'll speak Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and then, you know, a couple times in the daytime. And, and then about a week before I got to the camp, he said this about a few months ago, and then about a week before the camp, he's like, hey, um, you're going to be speaking in the morning time to this person and this person and this person. And anyways, it ended up being I was going to speak a couple times, you know, throughout the week, four or five, six times, I thought. I ended up speaking about 13 times last week, so... I'm like been preaching all week long and I got one more in me for today. And, um, and I, every morning I'd wake up, my throat would be like, it's like it was the size of an, like an apple was stuck in my throat and I was hopped up. I was doing, I was, you know, you know, my addiction, if you've been here for a while, my addiction is caffeine and coffee, mostly the coffee part. So I was doing Duncan in the, Duncan in the morning. I was doing Starbucks in the afternoon and then Starbucks again in the, in the evening. And that's not healthy for you. Um, my counselor said I'm doing well though. And, uh, so I'm just kind of weaning myself on it, but I'm just, we're just glad you're here today. If it's your first time, we want you to know this, that you're, you're welcomed and, and you're wanted here. You're welcomed and you're wanted here and you're, and you're loved and you're, lo- and you're liked here. I have a friend I've been inviting to church for nine months and she's here today. <laughs> and I'm really, 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 really glad she's here today. When Diane and I started um, youth ministry um, in, in Orlando eight years ago, eight and a half years ago, one of our worship leaders is here today. Her name was Nina. And I'm just glad that she's here today. And so I'm glad she's here today. And then our, um, I got some friends here today from Avalon Church. They just moved out to this way. They're in charge of the Edgewood, um, the high school boys at the Edgew- Edgewood Christian Center. And so they're going to be, be house parents for these high school boys over the school year, and they're here today. And if I miss somebody, we're just glad you guys are all here today. Once you know you have a place here. And so, man, I'm just really glad you're here today. We have, we're going to have a good week. And so we're in, this movie called at, we're in the series called At the Movies. And so we looked at movies um, that are in the movie theaters. The first week we looked at Independence Day, and we looked at the new one. And it blows my mind that movie is 20 years old, and it's back again. We got to watch that movie. We watched a little bit of a clip of that in, in service two weeks ago. And, and last week, we brought in an expert um, in Star Wars. Um, John Eric spoke to us on our fears out of the, the movie Star Wars, and a lot of good things. How many of you guys are your Star Wars fans? You, you, like, you just love all the Star Wars. Well, this guy is a Star Wars. He preached in a Star Wars shirt and a Star Wars hoodie, and he had a lightsaber, which I had to Google what that was. And so anyways, he... I couldn't talk to you guys about Star Wars. I felt like a little bit hypocritical if I got up here and talked about Star Wars and I had never even seen more than one of the movies. And apparently there's 25 of them now. There's eight, I think. So they just keep on coming out. Like movies that keep on coming out just blows my mind. But today we want to we want to we want to jump to a, a new movie this week called Ghostbusters. And um, it blows my mind about as I research these movies. We're going to watch a little bit in just a second. But what happens is we take these movies and we just take a couple of thoughts out of the movies and we apply them to our life. But did you? This is this is what blew my mind. I I remember being a little kid watching Ghostbusters. But did you guys know that Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, came out in 1984? How many of you guys were alive when the first Ghostbusters came out? Yeah, half the crowd. You know what's good? Some of you guys, you're in your 50s and your 60s, and you're like, man, I feel old. I'm, I'm in there with the old crowd. 
I'm in that with you guys. I'm glad to be in that category of all the mature people in here today. Everyone else that was born after 1984, you, didn't, you, you ain't living life. Um, you don't know what's up. And so, man, you're in here in 1984, and that movie came out. And, and not only did that movie came out, but it became a TV show. And I like that. And there was even a TV show in Ghostbusters back in, in, in 1976 or 77. It was like a, I think it was like an original TV show. But the graphics have gotten a lot better, trust me. But I, I remember being a kid watching that show, Ghostbusters. But you guys know this. You know, the, you know how the song goes? I would, I would run home, and I'd get home from school, and I'd turn the TV on. Or Saturday mornings, I don't even remember what time it came on. But I remember that theme song got stuck in my head. And... And you, you, if you've ever been, um, if you've watched that movie, you know that it says something like this. There's something strange in the neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Yeah, so you know it. So take a look at this video. It'll get you caught up on this season's, this year's Ghostbusters, the new one. It will haunt you every night. Whatever it is, no one should have to encounter that kind of evil. Except you girls, I think you can handle it. Oh, all good. Thanks. We have a gift. We see what no one else is willing to see. We do things others can't do. Ghostbusters. If there's a paranormal problem, we're the ones to answer the call. Hello. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. What do we think of these Ghostbusters? Are they to be taken seriously? You take that aisle, I'll take the far one. Okay, you sweaty freaks. I'm about to save you from this ghost. There's a bigger picture at hand here. Someone is creating a device that amplifies paranormal activity. We're going to need a bigger boat. Hey, guys, check it out. Kevin, come inside. I was born to be a Ghostbuster, all right? Oh, man, that's so not good. Something big is going to happen. The word we're looking for is apocalypse. You want a piece of this? Yeah! The government's trying to claim the event isn't supernatural. We don't want a panic. We don't want mass hysteria. Get out of the city! Get out of the city! I will kick the unliving crap out of you! And you, especially you! Hey! Don't move! You got a, uh... No, I'm tired. No, no, listen. I'm just gonna go ahead and take off. How about that? I, I don't really think that's a good idea. No, going to take off. Really? <clears throat> you know, here's... I'm gonna try to, if I can, a little bit today. Um, I... I am about to give a commercial in just a second. I'm going to try to explain to you uh, ghosts and demons. And I was talking to a friend of mine last night. He goes, when I was a kid, we weren't a, the, I went to Catholic school. He goes, you weren't allowed to watch Ghostbusters because there were, there were demons in there. And, um, and it's, it's something. I, I'm not going to. I have friends that, you know, that, that partake in certain things just because the church has told them there's demons. So this is, just, this is just light fun. So if you're like, man, this guy's inviting paranormal activity into our lives, I'm not doing that. I don't understand paranormal activity. I know some people are trained to understand that. I was talking to my friend the other day. He goes, my friend tried to understand that, how, to, how to access out-of-body out of experiences. And maybe some of you guys have experienced out-of-body experience. But I'll tell you, I don't know a lot about that. But can I tell you what else I don't know a lot about? I don't know a lot about this whole Pokemon thing. I have no clue. But here's what I do know. Apparently, you can attract these Pokemon guys to come see you. And no, I don't want to see a Pokemon. 
I don't want anybody poking him on me. I don't want any of that stuff. I saw there's a, I saw a guy post a picture there. He goes, if you come to my yard looking for a Pokemon, you're going to get a Glock at you. And a Glock's a gun. You're going to get a Glock pointing at you. So apparently people are going to people's backyards. So, but here's what we argue. I don't know if they have this um, picture of their not. So I, I've, I'm going to try to understand this week. So here's the deal. I'm going to explain this for some of you guys. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you just sit there and look innocent, okay? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, feel you're, you're, you're going to be okay. Next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., apparently we have a pokey stop at the YMCA. <laughs> And it's right out there at the YMCA sign. How many of you guys are looking for Pokemon? That's, you're not into that. Yeah, cool. I love that it's high school students and their parents and adults. Like, I love that. You can be 13 or you can be 43, and it's cool, apparently. And so, Mom, you're not looking for Pokemon, are you? Okay, good. So next Sunday morning, right here, we're going to set up... Um, this will be on social media, and if you don't know what social media is, ask a high school student before you leave. And um, right out there, there's going to be a pokey stop right out there by the YMCA sign. And what I've been told is we are going to leash, we're going to unleash a lure model. Now, I'm explaining, to, if, I'm, if you know what I'm saying, you know, I sound educated. The rest of you guys are like, what's he talking about? I don't know. The point is, we're going uh, to have snacks there. But anyways, the deal is that people are coming from all around to come find these little Pokemon characters and Pikachus and everybody else looking for Pokeballs and all kinds of weird stuff. But I was at camp this week and some guy's like, um, hey, um, Wes, um, have you seen any Pokemon around here? I'm like, no, I haven't seen any Pokemon around here. And so... I had no idea what they're talking about. And, this, and I'm thinking it's two high school kids. Because I'm not really looking. I'm just kind of listening. And I'm not really paying attention to them. There's 400 of them. It's kind of hard to pay attention to them. And so this one guy is like, yeah, I just had to ask my wife if I could buy some more Pokemon figurines. So I could. I'm like, you asked your wife if you could buy toys? I, I, I said, let's stop and pray for your wife right now. So anyways, that's next. If that made sense to you, that'll be here at 10 a.m. And um, we're going to have snacks out there. And we're going to have drinks out there. And we'll have people come from around the city looking for these Pokey things. <laughs> And then if they want to come to church, they can come in. And I don't quite have it figured out. But those of you guys that like this, this is for you. Um, I was at camp last week, and it was awesome. And uh, one of the things that um, happened last week is we had 40 kids commit their life to Christ in camp. 400 kids. So that was awesome. Yeah. Cool. And um, not only did we have that, we had about 40 kids surrender their life to become missionaries, pastors, youth pastors, and and I'll tell you one thing I know um, is that I, I realized this. I remember I put myself in those students' shoes. And I just realized this last week. I realized this just this past week, these last four days. And I, I remember when I was a, a punk 15-year-old kid. I also remember when I was a punk 25-year-old kid, Dad, in case you're wondering. And uh, I remember when I was a punk 33-year-old. And uh, I'll be a punk when I'm 34 in a couple weeks. Um, I'm just getting less punkier. You know, I'm really trying my best. Um, <clears throat> can I tell you what I just... I just realized this. I remember thinking, I'm looking at these kids and I'm seeing them and they're telling me, Pastor Wes is coming to me telling me their stories and all these things. And, and I was looking at my life and I was looking at their life and I just, it just, God was just telling me, man, it, God reminded me all this week that God can use anybody. And I'm thinking these kids here, some of them, they're coming to me, they're telling me their stories that they're telling me. I, I'm un, I would be uncomfortable even telling you with them. It's like, man, this stuff would be, if this was on a, on a TV show, it would be like, it would sell for a lot. But these kids are coming from these homes that are, chaoticness and brokenness and I had kids come to me and say man I've never he goes my, my whole life I had a little it was this little girl her, her face is brain in my she goes she walked in me she says hey um pastor Wes and she goes I have a question for you I was like yeah what question you got she's like um how do you love God and she said this she goes because I've never experienced love before and I'm like dang I had the very next night to kind of go in. and that's why we that's why we love hanging out with the next generation because they're trying to make sense of life and if you catch them young enough, 
we can tell them, we can, you know, guys like me um, or, and, and, and people like you can, inter- people that follow, Jesus followers can interact with some of these kids and they can become greater. They, their best could be ahead of them. And so we like to interact with these middle school students and high school students next gen because we believe that their potential is endless. That God can do a great thing in and through them. And so um, I love it. But I, one, thing that, one thing that kind of got me this past week is a kid came up to me and goes, hey, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. And when a kid says, can I talk to you, you're not really prepared for that. Because some of the stuff they begin to tell you, you don't really, you're not qualified for. You know, and you're never, ever really fully qualified. In case you're like, I'm going to start being a ministry. I'm going to be a youth pastor. I'm going to be a youth counselor. I'm going I'm to start helping out West Nine with You're never, you don't really ever have all the answers. My friend Greg and his family, they have uh, middle schoolers and they have an elementary and they have high school students. They're about to take on a bunch of high school boys. And you don't ever fully ever, you're not ever fully qualified for this thing, for this whole ministry thing. You just do the best you can every single day. That's all you do. You wake up and do the best you can. You go to sleep, you wake up and do the best you can. And so the stuff that came, one of the kids came and he goes, he goes, Wes, I have these demons inside of me. I have these voices inside my head. They're just, they're just, they're, they just bombard my mind. And 10 years ago, I would have thought, oh, this guy's crazy. He's a lunatic. But you know what I know now? I've been doing this for a little over a decade now, speaking in a student's life and, and traveling the country and speaking in people's lives, different countries and all across the United States. And I think a lot of us, we deal with demons and we deal with these voices inside of our head, if we're honest. We all do. And you're like, man, that's a stretch. We, we have them. Uh, there was a guy in the Bible in Mark chapter 5. He was living his life. He was doing his thing. And he, he, was, and he was taken over by demons and taken over by these voices. And, and if you don't believe in demons, that's fine. Um, you, don't, you don't have to believe in demons. You don't have to believe in, um, in you know, the, you don't believe in the ghost, ghostbusters. You don't have to believe in that. That's fine. But we have these voices inside of our head. If we don't believe in demons, we at least believe in these voices that come at us. And sometimes the voices inside of our head, they're us. We're the voice inside of our head. And usually we're, sometimes we talk down to ourselves, but sometimes we lift ourselves up. Not only do we speak, not only are we a voice in our, in our, in our head, but maybe culture's a voice in our head. This kid said to me this week, he said, you know, I, my whole life I've been told I was a loser. I wasn't going to amount to anything. I had another girl come to me. She goes, I, I, my whole life, I'm 13 years old. I've never felt love my entire life. She goes, but for once in my life, I've actually felt like I have a purpose and God loves me. And so not only do we have a voice in our head, but not only does culture have a voice in our head, the music you listen to and the things you listen to and things you put in, it matters because you begin to believe what you listen to. You begin to believe and you begin to be what you listen to, every single one of us. Whether it be in a relationship, whether it be your mom, mom or dad, I was, my heart was so broken. I was at, um, I was at um, the park the other day by Newton Park. I brought, I brought all four of my kids to the park and they all survived. So that's like a... That's how I know my best is yet to come. And I heard this lady yelling out to her kid. She said just like this. She, um, and I was, I, I mean, and it's, it's, it's nuts having four kids. I was telling Scott and Kelly last night, I'm like, having two is hard. It's just hard. You know, honestly, for some people, one is hard. But we had, once we had two figured out, God was like, let's multiply this joker by two. And if I, Dinah, I think it was Dinah the other day, she said, you want, if you want to know what, um, if you want, or there's a meme out there, if you want to know what having four kids is like, it's imagine, imagine yourself drowning and someone throwing you a baby. <laughs> it's like, here, help. <laughs> just catch me. That's what it's like, you know. And some of you guys are like, I'm just trying to raise the one, and that's hard enough, and I'm with you. And it's okay, because to each his own, you know. Sometimes, some for hard people is one. My mom had six, and she's still alive. So it's like pretty much she won, you know. And so it's just hard. My dad is... Um, one of, there's nine kids in his family. So it's like some people can just do that. They just, they just can. And, but I know in, in here today, all, all across the, the way in here today, in, in your life, some of you guys in here today, you, 
you're trying to make it. <clears throat> you're trying to you're trying to just finish strong. You're trying to just make it trying to make it through today. Trying to trying to make it. But the voices inside of our head are come at you saying you're not going to make it. You don't add up. So I got the story back. It just came back to me. Some of you guys are like, he just made a hard left and came back. How did he get there? I was at the park with four kids. I don't have ADHD. <laughs> Some guy walked to me. He goes, how, I can't. He goes, how do you do it? I said, do what? He goes, how do you survive as a pastor having ADHD? I said, I just take it one day at a time. <laughs> I'm at the park and these four kids are running around. These four kids are mine and one wants to be pushed on the swing. One wants to be on the monkey bars. One wants to be here. And one is complained about the monkey bars because she likes the monkey bars at the other park. And it was just, they're all over. And I hear this lady saying to her kid, you little stupid ASS. And I'm like, I looked over and I, and I look, I see this car. I see no parent. All I see is a little eight or nine year old kid. And she's yelling at her kid. I told you to go wash your hands, you little stupid ASS. And some of you guys are like, he, he said worse in church. Why isn't he saying it? But he's like, what? And she said to him about five or six times, you know what that kid will believe? He'll believe in his whole life that he's a stupid ASS. Because you believe the voices that are thrown at you. So only are you a voice inside your head. Maybe people that are around you and cultures are a voice inside your head. But I believe that Satan's a voice in your head. I believe sometimes he wants to try to, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that Satan can distract you. Satan can discourage you. But here's the good news, that Satan cannot destroy you. So you're like, okay, cool, I'm distracted. I'm not, and I, I want you to get this to it in here. Some of you guys are going to feel like, man, I'm all alone. You're, pro- you're not. If you feel like discouraged, you feel distracted, you feel like things are being thrown at you. I get texts every week from people in this community, people outside this community. Man, pray for you. I'm just trying to make it. Pray for you. I'm just trying to make it. Hey, pray for you. I'm just trying to make it. You're, we're all in this together. If you feel like you're all alone, what you'll be surprised by, probably the person next to you or behind you or in front of you, they're going, the same, going through the same exact thing that you're going through. And if not there, the, the road next to you. We're all trying to make it. But we have these voices inside of our head. We have these things coming at us. We have the, the, the world coming at us. And here's the thing. In that movie, one of the first, thing, one of the first phrases that we highlighted, it said this, it'll haunt you every night. It'll haunt you every night. This kid said to me, Wes, I have these demons inside of me. There's a guy in the Bible, he had, they call, his name was Legion because he had so many demons inside of him. And Jesus came up to him and changed his life for forever. And here's what the Bible tells us. Last week, John Eric gave us the, the verse in the Bible where it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but he actually gave us the, power, but he, but he actually gave us the spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Where does those demons come from? Where does that fear come from? Here's, here's what I know. The Bible tells us this, that you've got to stay alert. You've got to watch out, watch out for your great enemy because he prowls around like a roaring lion looking whom he devours. Satan wants to, Satan wants to destroy your life. The blessing part and the good news is if you're a Jesus follower, Satan can only distract you. He can only discourage you. He cannot destroy you. And so when you walk, I don't like to give, I don't like to give Satan a lot, of, a lot of power. I don't like to talk about Satan a lot. I think he's a punk, and so I don't like to talk a lot about him. I think he's negative. I think, he, I think man, we don't talk a lot, a lot about Jesus, and we got to forget about him. I think there's so many people, they spend time talking about Satan. The more we talk about him, we give him, we give him more power. I don't, I don't believe in giving him more power than he already has. The Bible tells us that, that, God is, that God is in the universe, that God's created the universe, that God is ruler of the universe, God is sovereign, God's in control. So where do these voices come from? The Bible says that Satan wants to tear you apart. He wants to discourage you, he wants to distract you, but he cannot destroy you. I love what the, verse, I love what the next verse says. That, uh, Paul says this, I'm going to give you a final word. If, if Paul's going to give you a final word, you better pay attention, or it's good to pay attention. Here's what he says. Be strong in the Lord, and in his mighty power, 
Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Check this. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly world, in the heavenly realm. If you're going through a battle right now, if you're going through a frustration, if you're going through a battle with someone, you're probably not really battling with that person. You're actually battling the enemy inside of them. We spend so many time fighting against people. I don't, I don't waste my time. Doctor says to me, man, can you believe that? Or, or people say to me, hey, can you believe that? And I say, you know, I just, I, I'm not, that's, I've got bigger things to worry about. I just, I just got bigger things to worry about. I said, I just, I, I, I said, Diana, that person, they're distracted or they're discouraged. Or people come to me and say, man, why is this person treating me like that? Because they're distracted or they're discouraged. And Satan's trying to destroy them. And Satan's using them as a tool to discourage you and distract you. And so well, I, I've told you guys this a thousand times. When the haters show up, you've got to go a different way. You say, I don't need you. I'm not about that. I, I'm leaving you. And so we say here that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. This isn't about flesh and blood. This is about a power. This isn't about what we're going on and, and what's going on in our culture today is, is a, little bit, a little bit scary. We're not, our battle is not against ISIS. Our battle against is a thing that we don't, we can, the thing that we're battling is the people we can't even see. There's, there's powers greater than people. And it's, we're, we're battling, we're not battling flesh and blood, the battle of the we're, we're battling demons. We're battling this, this, this force of, of Satan trying to disrupt and, and discourage and distract. We're, we're battling the, the enemy. The good news is when we get to heaven, we win. Aaron's new to our church. I invited some people to our church last week, Aaron, last night, Aaron. They were, they were all from Tallahassee. They were all Florida State fans. So after I cleaned, so after I cleaned up my throw up from throwing up on them, I, no, I'm just kidding. They're all for us. I said, can, I, said I was going to invite you to our, I said, I was going to invite you to our church, but you're a Florida fan. I said, I'm a Florida fan. You're a Florida State fan. It's like, yeah, we won't come. And um, one of the things that Aaron said to me is we've got to put a scoreboard up there and where it says, today it's on, but wherever it says guests, it should be, it should be, whoever's up should be Jesus. And I think and we, when we get to heaven, we're going to see the scoreboard. The Bible actually tells us in Revelations that we actually win in heaven. No matter what the score may feel like while you're on this earth, when we get to heaven, God wins. And his followers of Jesus, they win. And so these demons inside of us and these the things that distract us and these things that discourage us, they're coming at us from every which and way. And Wes, how do I survive them? Here's the three demons I want to throw at you this way, or three distractions or, or three discouragement pieces that come your way, three voices that are inside your head that we all deal with on a regular basis. And if you don't deal with one of them, you deal with another one of them. If you don't already deal with all three of them. Here's what we struggle with. Here's the demons that we struggle with. Number one, our past. Our past haunts us. That's, that phrase said, it'll haunt you every single night. Our, our past haunts us. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I was still living in my past. You wouldn't be where you're at today if you were still living in your past. Some of you guys could be further along the, down the road. You could have greater. We ever would get and say, your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. But if you're living in your past, you're right. The best is not going to be here. You've already lived it. We have to begin to believe that our past is puny to God. God doesn't remember your past. Your past is puny to God. And whenever God died on the cross for your sins, your, your past was actually futuristic, if you will. Whenever God died, because God died thousands of years ago. None of us have been, along, none of us have been alive that long. God died thousands of year, years ago for the sins that you're going to commit in the next days ahead. And all the sins you've ever committed. Your past is puny to God. But we look at our past and we're like, man, God can't use me because my past is so bad. God looks at your past, honestly, to God. Your, your, your past... Actually, the sins of your past, they actually look like little three-year-old sins to God. God's like, oh, that's cute. You thought that was bad? (laughs) 
But our past haunts us. And we can never be, one of the things that we want to be as a church is we want to be a life-giving church. We want to get, we want to breathe life into people. We want to breathe life into people. And one of the things that we want you to get is that, man, if you have a past, it's okay. Because one out of one people have a past. The key is not to stay there. The key to this, this, this walk and this Jesus thing that we're talking about is just to not stay there. Because if you stay there, you'll never become all that God has for you to become. Your future's looking bright, by the way. If your past was bad, then your future's looking really good. Your best days are ahead of you. If your finances are just, if their finances are just a wreck, you're, you're, it's going to go. If relationally you're in a debacle or in a situation that you don't want to be in or whatever that your past was, it doesn't have to be your future. Your future could be better. Your future could be different. Not only do we worry about our past, I think some of us, and, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of us, we, we deal with we, the demons of, of the present. Our, our, our present is kicking our tail, if you're honest. I mean, pulling up to the park with four kids, that's my present right now. It's hard. The bills I have today, that's the present. Ah, uh, Wes, that'd be great. My past, maybe some of you are like, man, my past. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I'm past my past. I'm so great I'm beyond my past. I'm so glad I'm on the other side, but it's my present that is, that's miserable. I saw a lady the other day, she was at camp. She was at camp with a little baby, and she was she, a little two, two or three-year-old, and she was pregnant. I, you know what I think about? The, I've never been pregnant before. <clears throat> but I tell, you the worst, I tell you the worst thing, the worst, from, just from my observation, my observation. I believe this. The worst thing about, one of the worst things about pregnancy is being eight or nine months pregnant in the summer of Florida. I just think that's like, how many of you ladies have ever been there before? With twins, it's just a whole nother level. Pregnant with twins, I just, I saw this, someone posted this, it was Kayla. Kayla posted this video of this lady just working her pregnant belly on Facebook, just, just dancing. She was just working this big old belly, and I thought to myself, I'm, I flash back to my wife last, last year, not dancing, but last year, being, or two years ago, being eight, eight and a half, nine months pregnant in the middle of summer, just twins. I thought, man, that, I said, man, I said, you're, I told her, I said, you're doing great. <laughs> So I can't imagine being, I said, how far are you, eight, eight months? I'm like, summer, I was like, I've heard summer pregnancies are terrible. <laughs> but maybe your present is terrible. Maybe your present, man, it's just like, it is, maybe your present, maybe the job that you're in is no good. Maybe the relationship that you're in is no good. Maybe the housing situation that you're in is no good. Maybe your present is just kicking your tail. Maybe you want to be down the road, but you're stuck in, in today. So our past haunts us and our present, it haunts us. You know what our present typically says? You're never going to get out of this. So it's a vicious cycle. Like, man, if we could just make it out of my, if I could just make it out of my past, it's going to be okay. But then we got to our present. We're like, dang it, I made it to my present. And we want more. Man, my, my, my finances are just terrible. My life is terrible. Everything around me is, is falling apart. It's just not working out. And Satan begins to tell you, you're never going to make it out of here. This is, this, is your, this is your life. One of the worst things about flying, if you, if you fly a lot, is to be in a holding pattern. We're in a holding pattern. You're like, dang it. You're like, if you could just lower it about 10,000 feet so like my phone will get service, I can start texting, you know? By the way, if you fly on Ameri- United, I fly United America, it doesn't matter. If you have T-Mobile, you get an hour free in-air, air, in-air service. Just a freebie in case you're wondering. And um, I think it was American. I flew, I flew American. But we get in this holding pattern. We're like, man, I just don't want to be where I'm at today. 
You're like, Wes, if, if you could throw a little bit of hope in there, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I was going to try to. I'll be honest with you today. I, I think sometimes I live, I, I, I woke up the other day and I was, I was at a gas pump and I, right, after, um, right after the shooting happened at the Pulse nightclub, I, I, was, at the, the, I was at the gas station a few, a few weeks ago and I don't, I don't typically worry. I was telling our team earlier today, I live in, a lot of times people look at me like, man, that guy, he's full of faith. Can I be honest with you? A lot of times I live in stupidity, but it looks like faith. <laughs> My friend's like, you're going to start a church? Yeah, that's going to be awesome. You're going to leave a church where you get paid and you have a house where you, where you, where that, you, that you like and your, your cost of living is actually going down and you're able to save more and you're able to give more. You're going to leave that. You're going to go start a church and you have no idea if, you're going to, you're never, if, end, if your ends are going to meet. You don't even know if that's going to work. You don't know if this is going to work out at all. You don't even, you don't even have a church building. You don't, and you, you're like, you think that's a good idea? And I'm like, no. But I've already assembled a team and I've raised some money and so I'm stuck in this thing. I'm going with it. But I think sometimes we like, oh, I mean, he's so full of faith. And it's really not full of faith. It's like, man, I'm just... Just trying to make ends meet. I'm just trying to make it make it work. I, lo- I live a lot of times in, in crazy land. But, but I was I was after the pulse pulse shooting happened. I found myself at a gas station about two weeks later with a little bit of anxiety, thinking, "Man, is this is weird?" I, I was a little bit nervous. Then I had all those all those thoughts go through my head. I was like, I mean, I have, "I'm a concealed weapons carrier, and I don't carry a gun. Is that stupid?" I've had all these. And then you know, I, I found myself a week and a half later at a gas station just yesterday with my kids in the car thinking, I had that a sense of anxiety. What if, somebody pull, what if somebody just drove by and just shot me just because they wanted to shoot me? I had that anxiety pop into my mind again. Weird. It, and it was weird for me because I'm like, I, never, I, don't worry about, I, don't, I, don't, I don't worry about much. Myself, I just don't worry about it. I just, I just kind of go. And if it doesn't make sense, I typically keep going that way. But maybe your present is just like, dang it. I, my, I'm sick of looking on social media and seeing all the tragedy happen around the world. I don't even, I don't even watch the news anymore. I thought, oh, cool, I, I, I avoid all that because I don't watch news. But now I get on my phone, and it's like, you see everything in real time. I feel like sometimes it happens on Facebook before it even happens on the news. I was at camp when the nice thing happened, and then a few weeks, you know, something else happened, and something else happened. I get all that right from social media. I'm at camp, so I'm locked in for three days. No, no, no TV. I, had no, I didn't turn my TV on at the room at all, but I just, I'm at, I hear people's phone calls, and I'm at restaurants, and I'm listening to this, and you know, and I'm just thinking, man, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit fearful of the present, to be honest with you sometimes. But maybe you're like, man, I'm good. Where I'm at is good, man. I'm on, I've, I've actually got one more office to go, Wes, and I'll be on the corner office, and I'll have the bay window, and I'll be there. So I'm good to go. I'm in the job, I'm in the job I want, Wes. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm currently in the marriage I want, I like where I'm relationally, I'm where I'm at, I like where I'm at physically, I'm, you know, I'm in fighting shape, things are just going great for me, Wes, I'm emotionally stable right now, my, my counselor says I'm doing great, I'm just in a good place, Wes, I'm in a great place, my business is doing well, and things are going, that may be you, and that, that's you, that's awesome, and if that's where you're at, say, you ought to be the thing, you ought to thank God every single day, because there's people around you, they're not in that situation, they're not where you're at, I mean, if you're, and, and just one step further, if you're in a cruddy situation, there's people in a worse situation wishing that they would, could be in your cruddy situation. Because yours makes theirs look like a freaking playground. Freaking and playground. I've been out of camp all week with middle school and high school students. It makes your situation look, man, that's awesome. Your bottom tier pay would be awesome compared to the, would be awesome compared to some people's top tier pay. That'd be awesome. Man, I wish I could, I wish I could have that. But maybe those aren't your, maybe that doesn't haunt you. Maybe your past doesn't haunt you. Maybe you're present. Maybe you're good where you're at. Maybe for some of you guys in here today, it's your future. Maybe it's the uncertainty of your future. Wes, I planned on being married by the time I was 30 years old, and it's getting close. 
or you know what, Wes, I, here's, I had this plan. I was going to, you know, I was going to, I was going to do this, but it's just, I, it didn't add up the way I thought I was going to add up. Maybe your present is just like, maybe your present is just like, dang it, I cannot believe this. I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm so, I'm so fearful of, of tomorrow. Or maybe you want to get tomorrow. Maybe there's two, you're, maybe you're conflicted. You're like, man, I can't wait to get there. But you're like, man, I do not want to be in tomorrow. I don't want to have a middle school daughter. I'm praying that God comes back when she's 11. I got three more years. So we'll be, when you look for a pastor in three years of this church, I don't want to deal with all that stuff that they're going to have to deal with when she's three. All, at that camp that we were at, kids are struggling with their, with their sexual identity, trying to figure out if they're, if they're a man or if, or if they're a woman. And you know who's giving them all their counseling? Other 12-year-old kids. That terrifies me. To know that my daughter's going to be 11 or 12, and she's going to be getting, I, I hope that we're going to be close to her, and I hope that Kayla stays close to her, and I hope that Stephanie stays close to her, and, and Jen Schneeberg, who watched, I, hope they, I hope Brooke loves on her some. I hope all of you guys, I, I know it takes a village. I'm hoping some of you guys, we're going to come around as our church gets older. I'm hoping some of you guys are going to grow older. You're going to be friends with my daughter. You're going to be friends with, with Scott and Kelly's daughter. Because our, we want some good, godly girls to be in our daughter's lives. Because there's going to come a point in our life where we're going to know so much about our kids. We're actually not going to want to tell our parents. They're going to want to tell somebody else. And I'm hoping they're not going to be getting advice from their 12-year-old friends. Nina, you owe me. I spent three or four years at you, so I'm hoping you can help me out with my daughter. <laughs> I want some payback. You know what I'm saying? I've, Brooke, I've known you for eight years, ten years. You owe me some, right? Step up and help me out with my daughter. I'm looking, I'll take help from anybody. Who else can help me? Can I get it? I'm hoping that my daughter will have some godly ladies in her life that will help her. I'm, I'm a little bit fearful of the future. Maybe you're fearful of the future. So, Wes, land the plane. Okay, the Bible, the, the, this movie says this. And the song says, so who are you going to call? Where are you going to get your help from? That's what we really, that's what the inspiration you're going to get today. Like, Wes, okay, past, present, future. Okay, cool. I've been here before. I've, I've got help. Where does my, I just need to know where my help is going to come from, Wes. I don't need to know about the demons anymore. I need to know about the voices inside my head. I get it. They're there. I hear you. But what about my future? Because that's what I came here for. I came here today because I need you to tell me my future's looking pretty good. I need, you to, I need you to remind me one more time my best is yet to come. I'm going to make it. The Bible says that you're more than a conqueror through, through those who are in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world out there. Those guys that are, are being filled with these ideas to go out and shoot and kill. The Bible says that greater is not those that are, greater is God in us than he is in the, in the world out there. Wes, give me some, shoot me some, shoot me, uh, shoot me a little bit of an injection of, of positivity. Well, there it is. What well, gets better? The Bible tells us in Psalms 121. I'm going to invite the band to come up. I'm almost done. I'm glad you stayed this long, by the way. Those of you guys who are here today. And what I have to give you over the next, over the next eight verses, I, I hope that you will tattoo these verses inside your mind because you're going to need them. There's three types of people. People that are, that are in the valley, people that just came out of the valley, and people that are about to go in the valley. <laughs> That's encouraging, Wes. Thanks. The good news is you're gonna, the valley is coming. For, I mean, the, the mountain's coming. That's the good news. The bad news is you just came out of the valley. You're about to go into it. Woo! Saw a lady the other day just recently in, in our local community. She died and fell in the Grand Canyon. It, one thing I know about going to the Grand Canyon, I've never been there before, but it's, man, I see the picture. like, man, that would be so cool to be there. It would be so cool to see God's creation. How God, how God moved that apart like that, to me, just blows my mind. People want to walk out. People want to walk out there and see it. I'm nowhere close to that. You've seen the movies. I'll be the first guy to die. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to get close. Some of you guys will get that later. <clears throat> I just think that's cool. So here's what, here's what David said, okay? David, now, you've got to be careful when you come here because I'm, I don't, I, I'm, this is very clear, but if you, if you miss it, then you miss it. I don't want you to miss it. 
David, the guy we're about to read from, the Bible says he's the man after God's own heart. Okay? And here's what ticks me off. David committed adultery. Awesome. He's the man. That's awesome, Wes. What a great role model for us. David murdered his right hand in command of the army. He murdered him. And when you read the story, the Bible says that he's the man after God's own heart. That'll make you mad if you're a rule follower, which most of you are. But you know what excites me? Excites me? That God came and he died for all the rules so that we could have a relationship with him. And it wasn't where, we don't spend a lot of time talking about where David was, David was at and where he's been. We spend most of our days talking about where God said, David, this is, this, is, this is where you're going. In that mess, David went through depression also. And God said, hey, David, your best is yet to come. I need you to get up and go take a shower and take your medicine and pray and get up and keep going. And I don't know how many times God did that. I think God used people to do that. And I think God used his own word to do that. But eventually David got up. If you've ever been in depression before, you know you don't even you, you go to get up, you don't, your body doesn't go with you. Like your mind tells you to get up, but your body says stay here. <laughs> and David was in that moment. And the Bible says that David got over, and Psalms 51 is the greatest psalm of repentance, period. And you ought to read Psalms 51, it's a great, it's a great, I'm not gonna read that. David got through his mess. And by the way, if you're in a mess, you'll get through your mess. And if you're in a mess, your mess can become one of the greatest messages. And like John Eric says, your, your mess can become a message and your message become a miracle for somebody else. That's good. Your mess, your mess can become your message and your mess can become a miracle for somebody else. Here's what David says. David said, dang it. He was so mad. He goes, I look up to the mountains. And he says, God, where's my help come from? That's what I want to know. I'm haunted. They haunt me. My past, my present, my future haunt. God, where am I going to get help from? I need help. Please, 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 please help me. Can you please help me? Hey, God, can you help me? Like an annoying little 13-year-old. Hey, Dad. Or 8-year-old. Or 6-year-old. Because I have a brother. Dad, Dad, Dad. Dad, 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 Dad. Dad, 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 Dad. Now Hope and Selah does the twins. Dad, 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 Dad. Dad, 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 Pull out my clothes. Dad, 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 Dad. Pull me. Dad, Dad, Dad. David says to God, God, where am I going to get my help from, God? Sick of this. The pain I'm feeling, the rejection I'm feeling, the past that I'm working through, and probably just splits up in three weeks. If you have a past, can I just get you to, I want to make sure you get this, because we all do, we all have a past. Number two, God died for your past, so why don't you let it go? If God can let your past go, doesn't it make sense for us to let our, our past go? I mean, the guy that knew that we, God let go of your past, why don't we let go? And that blows my mind on a daily basis. People come to me, I can't be great because I did this, I did this. God knew that you'd be this, but this, and he died for you still. And he loves you still. There's nothing you can do, Rebecca. I can't believe you did that. I could sit with some of you guys in here. You could sit with me and, you, and we could say to ourselves, man, I can't believe you did that. God would never say it to you. Because he already knew that you did that. Where's my help come from? And he answers the question. He says, my help comes from the Lord. If you're going to trust Jesus today and if you've already trusted Jesus, the Bible says our help comes from God who made the heavens and the earth. He will not, God does not make you stumble. When you stumble, it's not on God. It's on the enemy. The one God watches over you. He does not sleep. He watches over Israel. The numbers, he never sleeps. 
the Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you. That's good to know that you got someone beside you. Whether you think it should be a person or not, as Jesus stands right next to you, he's your protective shade. It's great to have shade in the Florida. The sun will not harm you by day. The moon won't harm you. Whatever happens in the daytime won't harm you. What happens in the night won't harm you. The Lord keeps you from all harm. He watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. He's got you. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's got you. He's got you. I want to invite you all across the way to stand to your feet. Here's what I believe here today. Just stand up real quick. I want you to know that God's got you. That's what I want you to get today. Maybe you're here today and you say, Wes, I, I'm here today and, and I'm here for looking for hope. The only hope I can give you, the, the hope that will last forever, is his name is Jesus. And the Bible says that God came to die on the cross for the sins of for you and my, your sins and my sins. He did that for you and did it for me. And because he did that, we get to have a life eternal. So I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a minute. There's some of your day, you're like, Wes, I'm a sinner and I'm screwed up.